0: Hi, this is Tracy Vandeventer.
1: And this is Jim Martin, and we are with the Little Things First podcast. Tracy... Who are we talking to today?
0: We're going to be talking to Heather Campbell, who is working um, in a middle school level uh, science class. She's a science teacher. She hasn't been working actually that long in the business. I think this is her fourth or fifth year. And it's kind of exciting to hear from her because she's already had a couple of different principals. And we thought it would be interesting to find out more from her about what is it like to have these different principals. Tell us more about what do they do that helps you. Feel like you're being successful helps you in your classroom helps you uh, be successful with your students and maybe what are the little things that um, you've noticed that aren't maybe as helpful. So we're gonna give her a call here in just one second. Let me finish dialing it up.
1: Yeah, I love listening to teachers. I love hearing from them and uh, we get to talk to a lot of leaders, but it's nice to hear the perspective of a somebody who's doing the work every single day and what they see as is- helpful and not helpful
0: exactly and and i also think because teachers are on the front line uh it's important that we listen to their voice so we know more about where our levers are as far as making a difference so let's give her a call okay here we go hello Hi, Heather. This is Tracy, and I'm with my friend Jim. We're with the Little Things First podcast. Remember, I told you we were going to give you a call this morning.
2: Yes. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Heather. Hi, Jim. Good
1: to meet you. Nice to
0: meet you. (laughs) Hey, thanks for letting us interrupt your Saturday morning, uh, you know, quiet.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Will you tell us a little bit about yourself, Heather? I said you were maybe in education four-ish years, five years maybe, and that you're at the middle school level. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Okay. So um, education is my second career. Um, I got into it later in life. This is my fifth year as a middle school science teacher, teaching sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, my third school. Uh So in a nutshell, that's me.
0: And when you're thinking about um, the school experience itself, have you noticed any differences in the different schools or in the different leadership styles?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have. Tell us about it. Okay. Um, yeah, so just everybody does things differently and, um, and it works for the school that I'm at at the time, of course, and, um, how the administrators have that vision of what they'd like to see the school, um, to be. Um, yeah, the first school I, I was at was a lot more formal. That was a school in Utah it was walk West Um, just, and it was my first year teaching, so I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. looking back, um, I see it, it was really formal. It was really um, our SAWs. Do you guys call them that in Utah? We don't. What's an SAW? Wednesday. Oh, so it's School Improvement Wednesday. So there it was, we only had one a month. Here in Oregon, we have them weekly. Um, but it was really like book driven. So we would take a book. I think the one was, um, we did a formative assessment one. And everybody was jigsawed out, assigned a chapter. And then during the SIW, we'd come and share the chapter, supposed to do what the book said. And, and so it was a little more formal that way. Um, we For our slugs, we had to write um, specific SMART goals. And so everything was kind of done to the letter, if you will, which was fine. There was nothing bad about that, but it seemed a little less personalized. Um, And then when I went to Pacific Crest, um, that was more, that was a school on the hill, a little more affluent school. And so everything was really, really rigorous. Everything was about academic rigor and writing these really academic rigorous rubrics. And so all our professional development had to do with like pushing the students to this academic level. And then differentiation sprinkled in there. Um, And then the school I'm currently at now is just about family, like Our administrator is definitely into building connections with students and each other and relationships and creating a school that's a safe, welcoming, warm place where students want to be. And we recognize that not every student is going to be an academic leader. And um, some students are barely going to scrape by by the skin of their teeth. And we're just providing a safe space for them to um, help them to succeed in whatever way they can. So, yeah.
1: I'm oh, sorry, you have Tracy. So oh. Heather, I was just wondering when you were talking about those three different environments, which yeah. one brought, it brings out the best in you as a teacher.
2: <laughs> My current one. And why why <laughs> do you,
1: why do you think that is?
2: Um. Well, me personally, I'm all about building relationships. That's why I got into teaching. I didn't to teaching for the content so much as that's what I really love is the content that I teach. But, um, I got into Touch Lives. like I wanted to go into teaching to make a difference. And I feel like the school I'm at, that's exactly what we do. And that speaks to my heart and like how I approach teaching. And so I feel like this school is, I kind of found my home here because that's what we practice.
0: You know, Jim and I uh, both have come from a leadership background. So in our Mm -hmm. experience, we've both been principals. And it's something that we've been just questioning. What What are the things that we do when we're in this leadership role that help teachers become great? And sometimes we Mm -hmm. struggle finding that balance of pushing people, right? Being tight about things and then also about supporting people. And maybe in some of those cases, we also may have some flexibility that we might be kind of loose because we want teachers to Mm -hmm. be able to find their, their way or their own voice or their own options to, you know, move forward in a certain area, yeah of course tell tell us about your experience just as a teacher um have you at times felt like that that balance wasn't there or maybe that you found that it was better in a different place just to help mm-hmm. us in leadership positions find out more how can we best support our teachers okay um
2: so i'm hoping i'm, I'm answering this question correctly um I'll do, when I was at Pacific Crest, like it was very, that academic rigor was a big push. Um, and understandably, cause that's what the parents wanted. And so they were in that role. Um, it, for me, it didn't always best suit me as a teacher because um, I don't know, it just felt very forced and, and it felt like we were forced to do something, which is, can be good. Cause you want to be pushed your comfort zone and and What your um, your vision is, um, you do want to be challenged and pushed, but I, it just felt very, very forced, and it didn't feel like it was. Um, it felt like this is what we are doing, and this is what everybody has to do. And um, and then it, it creates it creates an environment of pushback from the other teachers. The other teachers are like, "Don't tell me how to do my job, and I know what I'm doing, and I've done done this for a long time." And so I was I was a newer teacher, so I'm just going with it. But I would hear a lot of complaints. It was it was an environment of a lot of complaining, which wasn't a healthiest place to be. There was a lot of backstabbing and things like that. And I didn't it wasn't comfortable, comfortable. And I feel like the administrators created that kind of environment because of there's such a push for the teachers to jump through all these hoops which we didn't necessarily all agree with. We wanted our own voices and our own input and say, hey, well, this is what I see working in my classroom with my students. And the admin would kind of say, no, this is what we're doing. This is how we're gonna do it too. And so there was a lot of pushback there. The school I'm currently at, um, the admin celebrates where the teachers are and understands the wealth of experience we all bring. And provides opportunities for us to share what works for us and to kind of, we call it share and borrow. So we share experiences that we have that are wins that really, really work. We found work in our classroom and we can take those ideas if we want to and use them or we can um, not take them. And so so that it's, it's kind of created this environment where we can all share our wealth of knowledge with each other and use what works to create a really strong collaborative environment, if you will. Does that kind of answer your question?
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. We're wanting, again, to hear the teacher's voice. And Jim and I, early, before we called, you just mentioned how important it is for us to listen to teacher voices. You guys are in the front line. You are working directly with students. You are mm-hmm. the ones that have uh, so much contact with families and parents. And, and so yeah. we appreciate your insights.
1: Yeah, um, Heather, I'm curious to know, so you're early in your career, education Mm -hmm. career, and um, Tracy and I were talking recently about some research, and I was also listening to another podcast uh, called Education Gadfly, and they were talking about the fact that um, teachers... um, across the country, uh, seem to max out in terms of their quality around year <laughs> five to seven, uh, maybe uh, even yeah. before that. Uh, and oh. um, that, uh, you know, this period of time, this first three years, is really, uh, you know, a provisional time, a, a opportune time to find out who's really well-suited to a building, who's really making a difference with kids. And I'm just wondering what your take is on that, because being a new educator, you'd be right there, you know, in your prime, (laughs) according to this research. (laughs) Um, But also, I feel a little discouraged by that, because so many of our teachers are veteran, um, mid-career, late-career. What are your thoughts about that and the kind of freedom that you're describing from your current situation, um, thoughts?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I could see that happening. And I think I saw it more at my last school I was at my last placement, um, with a lot of really jaded veteran teachers that were just tired and tired of the change in even, um, like a generational change. Like the kids are more into their technology and they're more apathetic and less, um, less responsive to authority and you know more disrespectful and we we see a lot of that right i mean every generation's a little bit different
0: sure.
2: um so i would hear feedback from those teachers that are just tired they're just exhausted and and as a young teacher coming in to this i'm not young but i mean young teaching um <clears throat> seeing seeing that and, and it is discouraging it's discouraging see, oh my gosh, this is the career I've chosen and what have I gotten myself into? Um, but you're excited because you're like, this is new and I'm going to work really, really hard. So I could definitely see that the burnout is real. Um, and, I, and I saw a lot, in, like I said, in my last placement, just for lack of appreciation and stuff. My current placement, not so much. I see these veteran teachers that um, are willing to take younger teachers under their wing and mentor them and um, learn from each other new
1: things so and you think share the old things I'll oh, go ahead no I, I'm sorry to interrupt you but I no, that's what okay. I'm hearing you say is that maybe it's a little bit of the environment that's creating these um, later career teachers who are mm. less affected because of burnout because of um, not being listened to not being able to um, do what they think is right for kids is that yeah does that feel accurate That
2: does feel accurate. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I have noticed, uh, teachers in my current placement, they've done, um, a change of administration several times throughout the last five years, I want to say. And now the assistant principal that's kind of been there throughout those five years, um, she's now the principal and the administrator and, and there's a, a big, um, I don't know, shift if you will, To a sigh of relief from the teachers that have been there through that transition time, that they're really, really happy and grateful that she's there because now they feel like they're going to be heard. Where before, when there's a change of hand in administrators, so often the teachers don't feel like their voices are heard and they just feel like, okay, here's a new person going to bring their new ideas and we don't have a voice. And not that those ideas are bad, just that the teachers want to be heard. And I feel like um, things that I've observed and heard is that that's where our school is at now. Everybody's breathed a sigh of relief and say, we know that Wendy's going to do this for us. We know she's going to listen and we know she's going to treat us like professionals. Yeah, so that's just my
0: observation. Without really any specific you know, names or schools, I wondered if you could tell us about situations where you either have felt heard or you know your colleagues have felt heard, because I think that's a little thing um, mm-hmm. that sometimes leaders take for granted. And I'm wondering from your teacher perspective, what do you think is an action or something that an administrator had done that helped a teacher feel heard?
2: Awesome. Yeah, so one thing um, is... There's like PBIS and ICCL and culture of care and then a diversity and equity groups that our school has that um, each teacher can decide which group they want to join. And every teacher is encouraged but not forced to join one of these groups. And I think every teacher has joined a group. And so we choose the group that resonates with us most. For example, I've joined the culture of care group um, because that's a practice that I'm really passionate about. Um, excuse me. And so each, each, um, not each week. Sorry, that's too often. Each month, we our teams get together and we share ideas and share things that we may want to try in the classroom or things that we have tried. And anyway, we come together um, monthly to meet and then to share our ideas with the whole entire teaching staff. And so um, our school improvement Wednesdays are led by Teacher Voice. And and that's really really powerful.
0: Um, so, so if you're in a group, you're like let's say you're part of the PBIS group. Um, mm-hmm. For those who don't use that term, it'd be positive behavior, right? Yeah, uh, support. And if you're thinking about being part of that positive behavior group, when you came to the school improvement Wednesday, would my mm-hmm. group of PBIS people be asked to share an idea with the rest of the group, or do you guys break up in little mini groups like a jigsaw?
2: Oh, it depends on who's leading the meeting, honestly. Um, the, the group is in charge of however they want to lead that meeting. So we can do um, uh, little practice sessions, little breakout sessions, or, um, for example, our PBIS group actually led the last SIW, and they <laughs> we pass out what's called diamond bucks. They're like little mini money that the students can get for positive behavior, and then they turn them in f- to a drawing or they can spend them at a school store or um, most of the teachers have classroom stores they can spend in theirs, too. Um, anyway, the the PBIS team um, encourages us to do this, to reward positive behavior all the time. And so there when they led the meeting, they actually gathered all of these diamond bucks with because the teachers have their own stamp and they had the students help divvy them out into teacher piles with mm-hmm. all the teachers' names on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we were given envelopes and then we we did an auction with prizes. And that's and it was really fun and everybody was into it and excited and outbidding each other. Um so that that's just something that it just raised the energy level among us teachers and got us excited and made us, okay, next time make sure you're doing passing out these diamond bucks because there's more rewards for you as a teacher to give these out. And that was just, that's just one example of them coming up with an idea to build incentive around this um, positive behavior we want to exhibit in students and among teachers. And it was really cool. So uh, anyway, every group has their own little idea of how they're going to share this information.
0: So each group then would lead the meeting and the SIW, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Let me yeah. just make sure though I have this idea because I want to steal it. So okay. if, <laughs> if you, you give out these diamond bucks and in our case, it'd be, you know, a, a different title, right? A different kind of money or sure, category, yeah. but you, everybody's been giving them out to kids and then you collect them because they turn them in for things like prizes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you've gathered them and you divided them into all the teachers who gave them out and yeah. then you put them yeah. into like an envelope and you gave them back to the teachers and then those... Were like dollars that teachers could use to auction and buy mm-hmm. things at like a teacher store.
2: Exactly. Well, okay. yeah. And so, for an example, they um, there were Dutch Brothers gift cards and gift cards to um, rest local restaurants, and there were um, sweatshirts and hoodies that were school swag, things like that. It was oh. really fun. It just, I mean, that's one example of what our school does to create this really positive um, culture among teachers and have teachers lead their ideas in these meetings.
0: Excellent. So if Jim had 10,000 bucks and I only had 1,000 bucks, you know, then oh, he yeah. <laughs> would have much more power to buy his swag. And exactly because <laughs> he gave
2: more of them out to the students. And right. So you can see he was um, participating in what we want to build at this school culture.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this was a teacher idea or, or from the group? This was not like a principal, you got to do it. Nope. This was their group idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. I totally love it. Well,
2: Mm-hmm. Well, led by the administrator, the administrator asking, how can we get teachers to buy into giving out these diamond bucks? How can we build this? And And then they came up with the answer to that, Jen, through this idea.
1: So, it was um, is it kind of the it,
2: vision the administrator had? And yeah. then, how do what, you answer this question?
1: What role does the administrator play on these School Improvement Wednesdays? I mean, I would assume that mm-hmm. if you have. Two administrators in the building. They can't. I don't know how many you have, but they can't be at every (laughs) single one of the groups. So, what role? How do they participate?
2: Um, Yeah. So we have a dean of students, and then our admin and our assistant admin, and each of them have the roles they play. For example, our dean of students is involved of um, culture of care and PBIS, and then our ICCL is also our admin and assistant admin help with ICCL and then our diversity and equity. I forget who takes that one. Um, Yeah. So they kind of divvy out and then they all come together and we, they have their common vision that they want to see in the school. And then they share that vision with the teachers and these groups. They say, here's our vision for your group. Take it away. How can you guys do it you know so it takes it takes it off their shoulders I'm guessing I mean they have the goal that we want to reach and then the teachers create the path does that make sense
1: yeah do Do they ever say like oh no that doesn't really I didn't that wasn't what I was um, envisioning
2: maybe I I haven't um, I haven't really noticed
1: oh okay um, what, <laughs> well that's good that's a good thing they might
2: <laughs> They might be like yeah no we're not doing that
1: but you haven't heard of that happening where, you know, teachers spend all this um, time coming up with ideas and then the administration says, No, um, that's not what I want.
2: I I haven't noticed that happen, no.
1: Yeah, How empowering that must me. be that mm-hmm. there's that much trust put in the teachers to be able to genuinely yeah. fulfill a vision that's articulated by administration in the way that they see as best.
2: Yeah, it's really, it's really special. Um, And Wendy often tells us too, she trusts our professionalism, you know, so she honors that we're going to be professional as we make these decisions. And um, yeah, which I think is is really great to have an admin say that, like, you are professionals and I trust your
1: judgment. Go, (laughs) you know? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So you talked about listening to teacher voice that that's something that has made a difference in your you know career right in your school mm-hmm. experience and you've been at a few schools. Can you yeah. think of another area where boy this this you know experience I had in this school really helped me become a stronger teacher or built a, a positive culture where our students could succeed? Anything else that comes to mind as far as a little thing somebody may have done? Um, yeah,
2: the little things. So I have just a mini list if you want me to share
0: real quick. Um,
2: just yeah. some things. Yeah. So I kind of typed some of these out. Um, so just I'll run through these real quick. Um, our teachers, they do. Um, we're on a biannual rotation where there's either six mini observations throughout the year or three mini observations, or or and then a couple of those will be a more the formal observations you have to do. So anyway, we we get observed six times a year and our our admin kind of pops in and out sometimes, which I know a lot of teachers don't like that. I love it when they pop into my room and they they sometimes even sneak in. So they don't want to be noticed um, because they really want to see what we're doing. (laughs) Sneaky. And I know some, but they give us a warning. They say, if you don't like that, let us know, you know, or if you want to know when we come in, let us know. And I'm like pop in anytime because... I, it keeps me on my toes, right? It keeps me like um, doing what I should be doing. Anyway, those the feedback is intended to always be positive. Like um, they always give us feedback, like I like what I saw. I like the students were engaged in conversation, or I like what I saw. And they keep the negatives out of those mini observations. They're just intended to be positive. Like here's what I like that I saw, and I think that's really cool. They also pop in to say good morning. Um, Often, maybe once a week, I'll get one or two of the administrators just pop in my classroom, just peek, poke their head in and say, good morning, is there anything you need from me? That's really powerful. Um, we, our admin does a blog. So instead of sending a ton of emails out that were held responsible to keep track of the information, our admin just does one blog once a week. All the information that we need is on there. All the links are on there. It's like a Google site or something. And um, we can click on the links we need, like the calendar or the meeting agendas or whatever. Um, It's all there, which is nice because anytime you need information, like once the next fire drill, you click on the blog and you can click on the link. And I think that's fantastic. I love that. Um, What else did I wrote? Um, Oh, yeah, we have a once a month department breakfast where... Um, for example, first Friday of every month, we call it FFB. It's first Friday breakfast. And that department is in charge of bringing breakfast to the staff in the morning. And then we just sit around and talk and celebrate what that. So if science team is providing the breakfast, science team is talking about its wins for the month. Like what what went really, really well this month? What can you use in your classroom that went well? And we just share wins. We share wins about students. Um and it's a really powerful thing. Um, and I think that's all. Oh yeah, one more thing. And I don't know how this would fly in Utah, <laughs> but we do um, on our school on our calendar is it's called we call it book club. But once a month, we just pick a restaurant and we just go to happy hour at the restaurant and we're not allowed to talk to about school and you don't have to come or you can come. And it's just a chance to connect with the staff and the admins usually come and we just talk about each other and we connect on a human level and we're not allowed to talk about students. We're not allowed to talk about our jobs. We just celebrate each other as human beings. And Why is that's it called
1: really
2: book club? Because um, it's happy hour, oh, and okay. that implies alcohol.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> but you don't have to have alcohol, right? <laughs> no, no. No. Of
2: course. I drink kombucha. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know what, actually? We call it ice cream. Oh, we go yeah. out for ice cream.
2: <laughs> ice cream. Yeah, Shh.
0: That's our secret.
1: Tracy.
2: So anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we want to know if we need a big banana whatever Sometimes you need more ice Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> or is it okay if we just have a cone or <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, but anyway, that's my quick list. I just I threw that all out there. Um oh, and then one more thing I had written is um admin always has our backs for students. We have this quick Google form that's a student observation form that if a student's like, this is like going crazy our tier one students, all of those things, we quickly fill out this form um, and send it off to admin and boom, like right away they have our backs. They deal with it within the next 24 hours for sure. And, um, and that's really powerful too, to know that admin follows up with you right away when you fill out one of those forms. Um, like, how can I support? What do we need? Do we need to call parents? Do we need a conference? Do we need to have a, a collaborative solution with a student? So anyway, those, that's just a quick list of things that um, really, I think, definitely build the
0: culture at our school. So in that case, when, when you said it was a Google form? Uh-huh. So if you fill out that Google form, it's about a problem maybe that you have with behavior with the student or could it also be like, oh, yeah. I'm really worried. So and so I think they might be cutting or. Yes,
2: yes, yes. It's so um, immediately it gives you a choice and then the choice like branches out to like which form you're or which part of the form you're going to fill out. Um, so it could be an SEL issue. It could be an academic issue or it could be just a disruptive like Johnny was shouting out in class or something, you know. Or um, if I notice a girl um, writing something about suicide in her planner, I would hit the SEL one.
1: Is it ever or, a, about academics? I mean, do you ever rely upon your mm-hmm. administration to come in and this student isn't making yeah. the kind of progress that I'm expecting? Can you come? Exactly. Okay. So that's another aspect of that Google form as well. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning of the form um, you click on, is this an SEL issue? And then it gets pushed to the counseling department. Is Mm -hmm. it an academic issue? And then we have an academic team that supports those kids that are failing and then that gets pushed to them. And then if it's a behavioral issue, it'll get pushed to the admin team. Yeah.
0: And you said it was a Google form. Yeah, no, it's a Google form. Would you ask your administration team if they'd be willing to share the form, and we could just share that out with our listeners if they're willing? Uh, we could just yeah, make a copy of it. But
2: I, I could probably make a copy of our, I liked the old form better. I okay. think the old form, we have a new form that's much more like labor intensive, but okay. um, yeah, I can see if I can share, I'll share both of them. Yeah. Get and permission and it. we
0: could maybe just share that out if anybody would like to see mm-hmm. how you set it up. Because what I like about Google is everybody can use it. You don't have to wait to make a big purchase mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. something. So.
2: And it's collecting data for you. Yeah. You know, you get these on a spreadsheet that you
0: can track. Very good. Jim, we've been so lucky to have Heather come. I'm looking at the time here, and we're trying to make that 20, 25-minute commute, right, that usually uh, most Americans have to get to their work site. Uh, Any other questions that you have?
1: I do. I like our question that we always ask. It's kind of our trademark. If you could talk to your younger self through a time machine and give your younger (laughs) self some advice, what would it be? Maybe to go into education earlier? No, I don't want to answer (laughs) that question for you, but what, what advice would you give your younger self? Um,
2: don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> is that um, something
1: you learned from the middle schoolers?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I really do. They've lightened me up a lot.
1: <laughs>
2: now, um, I'm happy. I'm happy education is my second career because I feel like my previous careers have taught me to be a better teacher, honestly. I think if I would have went into it early, I wouldn't have lasted. I I love where I'm at right now.
1: Why is that? Yeah. I'm curious. Um, I mean, not, not that you love where you're at, but why is it that the first career that you took better prepared you to be a teacher?
2: Yeah. Um, good question. Um, gosh, I'm trying to articulate the shortest answer I can. Cause I know you guys got to go <laughs> in a nutshell, just job experience, working with people, working with, um, other personalities and other employees, learning how to be resourceful, learning how to manage my time and be organized. And, um, pull myself up by the bootstraps and work hard work, um, all those things. I mean, um, customer service is help is helpful with dealing with parents, (laughs) um, managing, uh, I was a supervisor for a while at one job and managing a whole bunch of employees and making a schedule is like, is like, um, managing middle schoolers classroom management. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, adults are a lot like children, (laughs) In a lot of ways. But yeah, just all those things that um, having to be organized and time management and um, all of those things have, I think, have helped me
0: in my teaching career for sure. Very good. Heather, we so appreciate you taking time to talk to us and well, and you. help us just gain insights about what it look like from your angle, right, from your side of, of being in the front lines, being in the classroom, being with students, working with parents, and hearing from you uh, helps us just become more clear on the little things that we can do that make a big difference. So thank you so much for your time.
2: Yeah, thank you for um, inviting me on the call. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Heather. It was nice to meet you and yeah. hear from you. Oh likewise,
2: thank you Jill. Yeah, likewise, thank you. Bye
1: -bye. Bye bye. Bye bye, have
2: a good day.